0: What's up? You need the thick boy? What's up, thick boy here? Wanna to talk to Brendan? Yeah, what's up? Let me guess. Connor question? No. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? It is episode three of What's Up with Brendan Shop. It's my birthday, so you know the question's gotta be good. Let's get it. What's up, dog? Not a whole
1: lot, just uh Trying to keep sane in the middle of a lockdown law school.
0: Where uh, where are you at? Toronto? I'm from Toronto, but
1: unfortunately, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Windsor, Ontario right now.
0: Ooh, that is not Toronto. Still nice, no. though.
1: Yeah, it's, it's okay.
0: And are you, uh, where you at? In your apartment or something there with the Joker? I love the Joker art.
1: Yeah, it's actually uh, a friend of mine. I commissioned to do it. Shout out uh, Never Been to Art School on Instagram. She does amazing, amazing work.
0: But she's never been to art school?
1: That's her handle. But no, she hasn't been. But she actually did that. It's actually Pencil.
0: Damn, talented young lady. Well, what do you got for me, brother?
1: This year, it's looking like there's going to be some big uh, legislation coming through Congress that's going to change how the NCAA works. The big kind of landmark is giving more power to the athletes, which is something that I think is hugely important. The ability for student athletes to get sponsorship and to collectively organize when they negotiate likeness rights and the such. Um, And so I know you touched a bit on it last week, but I want to know if kind of in light of that and in light of the class action suit, uh, the antitrust lawsuit against the UFC right now, if you think we might kind of uh, finally be getting to a point where fighters can effectively organize and start a union.
0: And you said you're in law school, correct? Yeah. You know, when it comes to like collective bargaining and stuff like that in in the UFC, you know, I've been in on those meetings when, when they were trying to launch a union, stuff like that, and they asked me to be part of it. I don't know how they're gonna get it done. I just don't. You know, I, I think there's some hope, because you see how the NCAA's doing it, but I, that's almost, and you know this, you're a freak, you're gonna, you're about to be a lawyer, man. That, that stuff where, you know, the name and likeness with the college athletes, you know, that only benefits the 1% of those athletes, you know, the, 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 the guys who aren't superstars and aren't on the covers of NCAA, you know, uh, EA Sports and their jerseys aren't selling, they're not going to get dick from that deal. So, you know, I guess it helps. It helps guys like, you know, when T- Tim Tebow played, he had the number one selling jersey in the world and should have been compensated for that. But, you know, h- how much are these players going to get paid when they do these bowl games and, you know, the the university gets $20 million? Those, those kids aren't seeing a fucking dime of that, which is a shame. So going back to the UFC, I, it's heartbreaking because it's like, it's like wrangling cats together. You know, the, the union tried it and they, they actually had the representative who put together the unionization for the MLB, which to me is the best. If you look how baseball works, they, they by far have the best rights and, you know, they're, they're, they're compensated and guaranteed money. They're crushing it. So they, they, they have those brilliant minds involved with the MMA uh, union. And the issue is is the, the top guys, the, the Conor McGregor's, the Ronda Rousey's, you know, uh, the Izzy style benders you know, the, the top dogs are getting their, their nut, man. So they're happy. But you need those big dogs to go, you know what, what they're doing to the, the whole is not right. And they need to say, take a stand and stop fighting but they're fat and happy. So you don't hear them talk about it ever. So it's the lower level guys who go, this isn't right. We're risking our lives. We need, you know, we need to be compensated for this, but they don't move the needle. So when they go, we're not fighting, the UFC goes, cool. And then this kid who's in a lower promotion goes, I'll fight and Dana goes, all right, you're hired. So I don't know how they're going to do it. You might know better. Cause you're in, you know, you're trying to get your law degree. I just I don't see how it's gonna happen without the top dogs all taking a stand and fight for the little man, you know. And it's it's a shame. It's it's a real shame because here here's where I'm conflicted. Because if I'm Dana White, you know you probably you have an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, we all have iPhones. Do you give a flying fuck that those people who made it are getting ten cents and you know they're not treated fairly? No, you still use an iPhone. So it's like. Do we care that those lower level fighters aren't getting paid? No, you're still buying the pay-per-view. And the the majority of that pay-per-view money is going to the UFC, aka Dana White, Endeavor. And then it's also going to the one or two big names who carry the card. So as a business model, I can't hate on Dana White because I don't know if I'd do anything different. If I owned Apple, if I was Steve Jobs, rest in peace, I don't know if I would do anything different because they're making so much money. And it sucks to say, but it's business. So I don't, this long-winded uh, rebuttal to you, I really don't have an answer for you, man. I, I think the UFC's, and if this is football, they're in leather helmets, and they're trying to figure it out. And as, the, as we see the repercussions of what these guys go through, and we're, we're starting to see it. I get a lot of phone calls from former fighters who everybody would know who suffer from CT, can't find a job, and and they're, and they're really struggling. I think as those bigger names, come out they're so ashamed they don't come out but I think as the sport continues to grow and we see our heroes that we looked up to come out and say hey man I can't get out of bed I can't work I can't you know I have aggression issues I have CT I think as that starts to get more mainstream then maybe just the demand from the public is going to force them to pay these guys better and unionize but I don't you know when's that happen I don't know dude.
1: I agree. And I actually think like one of the things that makes it particularly tough is like the feeder system, because it's so different than so many other sports, because it's hard to try and build that when you have like you were talking about, like, you have so many different pools kind of on the low ground where guys are fighting for, you know, 500 bucks a night to build their career that are going to be happy to take eight and eight. Like popping up, and there's so many different routes to come from that that it's hard to have something that has a kind of collective baseline because it has to be. I mean, one of the big problems as well is like in theory, it has to be like cross sport, yeah. And because there are breakoffs, because there's Bellator, because there are the feeders, yes, it, it becomes so hard, I think, to try and facilitate that.
0: There's guys chomping at the bit who would be happy to make whatever the hell is the minimum now, eight and eight. And what actually really Uh, screws over the fighters and I don't think a lot of people realize this is that ESPN deal yeah it makes the UFC more comfortable and it allows the UFC to the the UFC gets their nut as long as they put on a certain amount of fights for ESPN so they don't care if you buy Style Bender's jersey they don't care if you buy uh, you know A's pay-per-view they're giving their nut no matter what now so there's no reason for them to change So before, you know, the UFC was predicated on superstars selling pay-per-views. That was their business model. When they moved over to ESPN, it went away from there. now you're really buying the the label. You're buying UFC, which doesn't help the fighters because if they can just plug and play anyone and they're still getting paid, what do they care if you don't fight anymore? And
1: actually like credit to you for putting that on my radar like last year as excited as I was when like nothing was going on and the UFC bringing the first to it. At the back of my head was thinking like part of the reason that they're making this push to be the first to get back in market is because they have to hit that number of shows to get their nut for that ESPN money.
0: I struggle with it because I'm such a big fan of the UFC and you know, I'm UFC alumni, and it's the best organization in the world, hands down, has the most talent. I'll argue with anybody to the end of the road with that. I'll destroy anybody who wants to argue that. But at the same time, too, I'm glad they're the, really the only major sport. And I, I think major's a loose term. You know, when you talk about soccer, football, basketball, you know, uh, baseball, those are major. But UFC's getting there. But I was proud of Dana White you know, putting on shows and figuring out a way to continue to put on shows even during COVID because I'm a content creator for this show in particular around the UFC. So I was happy he did that, but at the same time, if you pull the curtain back, you're like, you see how the hot dog's made. It's like, well, he's allowed to do this because he's not paying these guys shit. You know, like, can you imagine any other league that can kind of do this with, with zero fans? Like, why do you think they're allowed to do that? Because it's the circus. They're paying these guys peanuts these elephants are going to, you know, get CT, but we're all for it because we want to be entertained during COVID. So I struggle with it, man. But at the same time, here I am, shelling out for the UFC and you know, I struggle with it.
1: I guess maybe like the shifting thing should be, uh, kind of what is prime like priority. And maybe the focus needs to be less about athlete compensation. Cause it's so far off of the major leagues and maybe the number one shift has to be first looking at like long-term health benefit plans for fighters. You know who are who are in there for a certain amount of time, some kind of guarantee that that investment that they're putting in, which is their bodies, you know even for a guy who gets in gets you know like a two fight contract or whatever, and you know does it and doesn't perform well, he's still put in his body kind of on the line, and every Correct. time you're in there, there's such great risk that maybe it's important to kind of focus on making sure that those are there there's care for them afterwards,
0: yeah, that's a great point. I think that's one way to attack it and maybe check that box and then start to move the radar because what they're doing that union what they were doing is they're trying to attack everything and it's so much to take on nothing gets done and it fizzles out every single person you're talking about brilliant minds man big time lawyers big time agents trying to get this done they can't get it done so that's alarming but you know for example my my best one of my best friends Joe Kloffenstein he played I think 6 or 7 years in the NFL he's a second round draft pick played for the Rams and the Buffalo Bills And uh, he just had ankle surgery the other day. He couldn't get out of bed, couldn't walk as two little kids. And his, because his back and his ankle so messed up, the NFL covered his surgery. Now, on the other end of that, I know guys who fought in the UFC over, you know, 20, 30 fights, have the same issues. They got to figure out how to get that done. They have nobody to call. They have no resource. So... Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a fucking bummer, man. But like I said, I think as the sport continues to grow and continues to mature, some of our heroes that we grew up watching wearing their freaking fight kits and paying for their pay-per-views, you're going to see the consequences of, of this job, man. And it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. So I think once the public sees that, maybe there'll be some change, but I, I, I don't know when, man. Now, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll end on this. I'm, I'm not going to shit on Dana because... I have a very close friend who I came up with in the UFC who was struggling like you would not believe from CT, uh, suicidal. And I put one call in to a close friend of his, and he got a hold of Dana. And my close friend uh, was on a private flight the next day to the UFC Apex Institute and was getting uh, treatment for CT. So I, I think they do care. But this is the other side of that. Again, they care, but they also know the one thing that could take uh, the UFC down isn't going to be unionization, isn't going to be uh, you know, lack of stars. It's going to be CT. Just like the NFL had to ha- address head-on, it's going to catch up with UFC. Whether it's next year, 10 years, that's the one monster that's always lurking in the closet for the UFC and Dana White. So as soon as they hear CT, they're like, oh, shit, and they take care of it. Now are they doing it cuz they're good people. I don't know, you know, but they're they're definitely you, once you put it on the radar, they try to help you cuz they know that's the one crack in the ship that could take the Titanic down.
1: It's a little bit of both, man, right? It's just kind of the nature of of like the sports business in general, right? Like it's it, it can't yep. be entirely one or the other.
0: That's why you got to have your kids play baseball, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, great questions, kicker. though, brother. Uh, yeah, or kicker. You, there you go. Yeah, kicker's well, the yeah. dream at
1: longest career and least risk of injury. But.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, but it's you know, do they count though? You know, like I love kickers and Pat McAfee's my boy, but do they really count? You know, like it, everyone kind of frowns upon them.
1: You know, I I agree full heartedly. All I'll say is like knowing my genetic line, it's the best I can hope for for <laughs> football.
0: Route, <so. laughs> I love it, man. Well, great questions, brother. Good luck with your uh, studies, man. Maybe, maybe man, you'll you know, be the I guy actually, to get this done, man. Maybe you'll be the guy to finally you know, get I've, this over there. You know, I've thought
1: there. about it, and I, I have said, if I ever go into that area of law, if I ever go to union law, follow my dad's footsteps, that's, that's going to be my long-term goal. But uh, hopefully, I don't know if you're going to be out in Florida over the summer, but I'm working in Miami over the summer. So if you're there,
0: hopefully uh, I can catch a show. Dude, I'm in Miami uh, next week, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday little early,
1: but, uh, you know, rebuck. I don't mind driving oh, around. Oh, like, wh- wh- when, when, did,
0: when did you say you were going to be there?
1: I'm going to be there May till
0: August. Ah, damn. Yeah, if you're there next week, I'd give you tickets, man. Oh, I appreciate that. We'll figure it out. Flor- Listen, Florida's like, I've toured in there like 10 times during the past three months because of COVID, so yeah. I'm sure I'll be back out there.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I, I hope to get
0: All right, chance. brother. Great, great questions, man. Good luck with your studies.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Take care. Thank you. What's up, brother? The birthday boy himself. Happy birthday, man. Ah, thanks, man. Getting up there, the, dude. Every the, bit of 38. You and me both. I'm in my mid-30s
2: and I'm back in college, so I know what it feels like every birthday. I'm like, yeesh, not another I one. I know,
0: I know. You're back in college? You're 38, dude? Th- 35. 30, still, I look 47 years old next to <laughs> your face. You, what do you use? moisturizer? I wasn't getting punched in the face for
2: 15 years while you know I spent my I spent my 20s partying and relaxing and not getting beat up so that's probably that's a, a big part a of the difference.
0: That's a good for point. sure. Yeah, my face yeah, my face looks like it's been on the front of a fucking cruise ship for the past 10 years. Uh, well, you're you do, rich. Dude? You,
2: you, you're rich so that makes up for it, you know? It doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, it's all relative, man. It, you know, correct. rich is all relative. Then Joe correct. Rogan says hold, hold hold my bank account, you know? <laughs> yes, correct. Correct. Uh, you got a beautiful Hawaiian shirt on, my man. Where are you at? Are you in Chicago, or is that just a I'm a from
2: Chicago originally. Shout out to Bilal Muhammad.
0: Yes. But I live in
2: I live in Tacoma, Washington, and I'm going to school at the uh, UW University of oh, Washington. Oh,
0: great school, man! I'm in uh, I'm in Spokane, Washington, this week. I There's know. It's I Saturday. Want-
2: if I wasn't in finals week, bro, I would be there. I've never seen you live. It's definitely on my to-do list. Me and my wife both are huge fans of yours. And it's just, it's just so great that you're doing this show and that we have a chance to watch, talk to
0: each other. Dude, this, you know, I, I do a million shows. I'm exhausted, but this is my favorite show, talking to, to fans live, man. It is literally my favorite thing to do. As soon,
2: as soon as I heard about it, I couldn't wait to get on. Thank you for having yeah. me
0: on. Yeah, let's do it, brother. What do you got for
2: me, man? All right, my first question involves the UFC's purchase by Endeavor and a bunch of venture capitalists. And when that deal happened in 2016, Dana White was signed to like a five-year contract. And it's coming up on the end of that contract. I don't know if they've renegotiated or not, but what do you think is gonna last longer? Endeavor's ownership of the UFC or Dana White as president of the ufc
0: jesus christ what a question you guys are fucking bringing it today man endeavor you know they're 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 actually in the negative equity when they took over the ufc how much money they had to borrow and stuff like that and i i think maybe with the espn deal they're starting to see a return but before that they weren't so you know they're a business man and their main business is live sports which is taking the biggest hit you know because they have kevin hart Live performances, you know, he's the biggest touring comic in the world. They have rodeo, they have all this soccer, they they own a bunch of live venue shit. And so they're only making their nut off the UFC, even though there's not a fan base, it's still a live performance. So they're making their nut there and then the ESPN deal. Um, but if I have to guess, you know, Endeavor with their investment in the UFC, it, it, you know, it is growing. Um, I would say Endeavor hangs on to it but I, I, I don't see Dana leaving because him and, uh, Ari Emanuel who, who runs everything they're you know, they're, they're thick as thieves. They're, they're boys, you know, they're, they're stepbrothers, dumb and dumber. So, um, I, 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 Dana loves the, his ego is so big and he likes being famous. And if he were to step away from the UFC, I don't know if people follow him. Uh, depends what he did. Maybe if he did like a shark tank or some bullshit, but, uh, I just I think Dana craves that that celebrity, so he's going to stick around as long as possible. Even if Endeavor sold to somebody else, there's no way Dana's not going to follow that. That's his baby, right? So, um, i if to answer your question, I, I would say uh, Dana would be the the long term bet there.
2: So you're probably not going to be doing commentary for the UFC. At the time, so <laughs> what <you're> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. They, ju- you know, I don't know what it is. I, I, sell them a lot of pay-per-views. I have zero issues with Dana. You know, I, you know, I was, I was young, and you know, he was an asshole. So I think, you know, we've both grown up. He has four hundred million dollars in the bank. So you know, tomato, tomato. You know, get over it. But you know, if, if if he called me and was like, "Hey, I want to do food truck," I'd have him on in a heartbeat. I wouldn't, ask, I would bust his balls or anything like that. Um, you know, when we had that spat on social media, that was all because of him. I didn't come at him, you know, but I'm gonna respond. So, um, yeah, I've, I've no issues with them, man. But as far as me working in the UFC, I don't think they would. I don't think they would hire me, and I'm, and I'm, I'm all good for that. You know, I, I, I don't think I have any more bandwidth to take on more jobs. Showtime treats me pretty great, so. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening now. Dana did have to co-sign on me work in the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. He kicked Ariel off. So if there's one person who hates more than me, it's Ariel. So at least I have that going for me.
2: Yeah. You got that going for you. And, uh, that's what I was going to say. You could be doing commentary and Ariel could be doing the backstage interviews, but probably not anytime soon.
0: I doubt it. I do- also, I don't know if I'd even be willing to do it now. If you let me and Joe Rogan do it, a good friend of mine, then I'd be down. Or if you set up a spot in the back so we could do a fight campaign and get hammered, I'm into that. But as far as me putting a suit and tie on and flying to, you know, I like how it's in Vegas or Dubai. I'm not going to Dubai, but if it's in Vegas, I'll do that. But if you want me in like Tulsa or, you know, fucking some random podunk place in Florida, ain't happening, daddy, ain't happening. But. That's not a problem I have, man. I, you know they're not knock, not knocking down my wall to to come work for him. So,
2: what are the chances that? And if you can't answer, I understand. What are the no, chances go we're gonna we're gonna see some fight companions, you know, in the near future with, of course, the original lineup?
0: There's nothing that I miss more than that. You know, a lot of my friends have either you know just to be frank with you have either been canceled or moved out of California. So. You know me and joe talked about it when i was in austin uh i think a month ago or two months ago when i did his show on spotify um we we'd love to do it you know and i I do think joe would have brian on but you know you just talk you know you got to remember man back in the heyday the i would say the golden age which we all didn't realize at the time in la is we all live pretty close so the way fight companion would work is Rogan sent a text, or Brian sent a text, or Eddie or I would go, hey UFC, whatever, two twelve this weekend. Who's down? And then you get Eddie. I'm in. Rogan, yeah, let's do it. Brian, I'll be there. I'll bring cheese and wine. You know, whatever the fuck he wants to bring. So, it was like such a special thing, and we took it for granted. And if there's one thing I miss most, it's that man. I had I had so much fun. And uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say that, that crew might get together once a year it's, it's it's a shame man it's a shame and i've even thought about doing my own fight companions with a crew with like you know theo and some other guys but there's just part of me that uh can't do it i i think you'd i think it'd be a hit but it'd be nothing like the original fight companion crew and i just that was such a special group man and and that was some of the funnest times i've ever had and it's so heartbreaking because when you're doing it you don't realize that it will never be that way again. It, it's it's heartbreaking, man. Great question, though. I, I hope I hope that doesn't man, I hope it that
2: doesn't sound like a no. So I'll take that as a positive thing.
0: If hey, if if if, it, if it's up to me, we're doing at least six a year. Big big pay per views again. If it's up to me, but it's not. You got a You got three other you know forks in the fire there. So
2: knees and kicks to the head of a down opponent. You know we saw what happened with Aljo and Jan. And we saw what happened again this weekend with Aaron and uh, Anders and Stewart. And to me, this just feels like bad policy. It's not like this; it's this guy's fault. It's that fighter's fault. It seems like bad policy. And it seems like the the rule doesn't make sense. Because, I mean, we also, Edson Barbosa, knock out Terry Adam with a spinning wheel kick. Correct. You're telling me a knee on the ground is going to be more dangerous than that. But here's another thing to think about if we... For some reason allowed, if there was a dramatic change and we allowed knees to the head of a an opponent, kicks to the head, not soccer kicks, of course, but both on the ground you could kick. This is going to even the playing field for a lot of these guys who are going up against these Dagestani wrestlers. These Dagestanis have been wrestling since they were like three years old.
0: Great And point. in a
2: five-minute round, it's hard to get back up. And when you do get back up, you're exhausted. Correct. And having knees and kicks on the ground is going to level that out a little bit. There's even people who theorize that the reason that knees weren't allowed when they did the original commission, um, New Jersey State Athletic Commission in 2000, was because a lot of the US stars, American stars were wrestlers and they wanted something that was gonna help them. So how do you feel about that?
0: Great point, dude, great point. Yeah, because here's the thing, those Dagestanis, they're coming. They're coming and they're gonna own every title. It's just a matter of time. Those Russians, those Dagestanians, they're gonna fucking take over the UFC. So to your point, those rules were made at a time where guys weren't that multiverse, they weren't that talented, to be honest. Everyone would specialize in one thing. So you even if you even think about it, the way they made the you know the twelve to six elbow, because the rulemakers saw a fucking taekwondo or kung fu guy break a board like that, and like well that's way too intense. That's that they're gonna kill somebody. So what I don't get is you know they've brought replay in in some uh, commissions. So so they're obviously open to certain things that will improve the sport. So I would hope they're open to knees to a down opponent. Cause the other thing to your point, the other thing is the issue is it's not that Peter Yon's a bad dude or that Eric Anders is a bad dude. It's that there's, it's a gray area, right? So if you go to certain commission, it's two hands, it's one hands, dude, they're they're just trying to win the goddamn fight. So, uh, if they don't change the rules, you're going to get a lot more grappling. And I think you're gonna get a worse product as far as a casual. I love the grappling. I like that. No one has figured Khabib out. I think no one's going to figure out any of these Dagestanians. And they're going to fucking take over. But as far as the American product, if you don't change the rules, you're going to lose the fan base. And I think that will force their hand to change the rules.
2: It's something, if you look at PFL, at least the last time I watched PFL, in the early rounds, they don't allow elbows to the head of a downed opponent. And dude, when it gets to the ground, it is... It's really slow and it's like, whenever you take away the tools of a fighter, it kind of slows down a lot of that action. So I'd like to see it. I hope they get it done.
0: And the thing is like, even to change a rule, think how long it takes, dude. I don't get it. Like if if, if Dana was like, Hey, we're not fighting in any state that doesn't follow these rules because it's a watered down product. I promise you they will adapt to the rules. So Dana has to put his foot down. Dude, he should pull an Elon. He should pull an
2: Elon Musk and say, "Hey, if yes. this state doesn't want to cooperate, I'm going to the states that will." You don't think Florida's going to get down with needs to the head? They're they're where you doing UFC two hundred and sixty one with a full crowd in yeah, in Dougie. Florida? You know, dude, give them Florida, the tax money.
0: Florida, Texas, they're they're down, dude. They're down for it. Arizona, like these are some big markets. Now you're probably not going to fight in California or you know some of these other uh, blue states. Who gives a shit?
2: Yeah, money, money's money. And those states and countries make a ton of money in taxes every time the UFC comes. So they, yeah, they'd right, start man. listening if they, if they cut them off.
0: Agree. Great points, brother. Great fucking points. Great questions, man. Yeah, listen, the UFC better do something unless you want all... Not, and now, even with those rules intact, if they do adjust to it, I don't know if it's enough to stop this Dagestanian wave that's coming. I don't know, but it can at least give these other fighters a fighting chance.
2: And my prediction is you'll probably get some Americans going over to Dagestan and freezing their their balls off to learn some of that wrestling. I think that's probably the next step for a lot of these.
0: You know who went down there is Aaron Pico went down there. Smart move. Yep, yep, yep. Aaron Pico went down there. But my thing is, is like, you know, I have a five-year-old son. If he's like, Dad, I want to be a UFC fighter, I'm shipping his ass to Dagestan because you got to start young, you know? i just wire money. If you shipped him over
2: there when he was five, they would already have a two or three year head start because as soon as they could walk, they're wrestling.
0: You're right. He's right behind the eight ball. Fighting over for him. Thank you. <laughs> Great questions, brother. Made my made my day, man. You brought it. You brought it, brother. Thanks so much. I could talk to you all day. I'd love to. Talk I know to you all day.
2: The, I'd love to talk to you about the history of Pride sometime and see where we're at with the women's one forty five. So maybe we could do this again later on.
0: Let's do it, brother. We got we got we got another one uh, in two weeks. Let's do it awesome thanks so much
2: this show is a blessing dude we appreciate you out there
0: yeah thank you man take care brother good luck with your studies what's up brother
2: what's up man
3: how you doing man I'm good how are you i just finished watching <laughs> uh i just finished watching the fighter and the kid new episode now i'm talking with you oh
0: nice <laughs> yeah what's going on brother did yeah. you enjoy
3: it yeah man i uh, love Chappelle and malik uh i feel like yeah.
0: they're a great fit they're great, man. I have so much fun yeah. with those guys. Yeah, we argued about BTS in the Backstreet Boys yeah, yeah. for about 20 minutes. <laughs> so that, that's my life. That's my life. <laughs> yeah. What do you got for Where, where are you? Uh, what are you, a musician? Yeah, you, man. You about yeah. nine guitars there?
3: Uh, I have, like, these are four here, and then I have two other ones in the back. But, yeah, I'm a musician. What,
0: what kind of music?
3: Uh, it's like alternative rock.
0: Oh, I'd love to hear something, man. Maybe after your question, get one of those guitars and fucking riff on it, Daddy. (laughs) If you want, man, I'd love some music. I'm the biggest American Idol fan. This would be like, what's up, Brendan Shaw, American Idol. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah,
3: you just should keep pumping out your uh, new new ideas, new shows, and just. uh, just, Right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That'd be sick. You ever think about doing American Idol?
3: Um, Well, I live in Canada, so they don't do Canadian Idol anymore. And um, I feel like for those shows, they're looking for, like, a particular kind of singer, like someone who can really belt it. And I'm more of a, a Chili Peppers feel, like Jane's Addiction. I don't think they're looking... Ooh,
0: see, I think you might make it, oh, man. I don't, they'd <laughs> like to mix it up. I think I think Katy Perry would dig you, man. Oh, I hope. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll have to listen to your music, man. Yeah. But uh, what's your question for me, man? Let's talk American Idol after this. Yeah, what well, for sure. Uh,
3: so there's this whole perception on when a fighter is like uh, content or happy with themselves, with their life, it takes away from their focus or their drive away from being a fighter. Correct. And uh, an example of this that we saw was with Connor when he recently lost to Dustin. And a lot of people attributed this loss to him having a family and having a lot of money now. Yeah. But if you, re- if you rewind it a year prior to this, he had the same exact things and he lit up Cerrone in 40 seconds. So... I just want to get your opinion on this viewpoint, if whether or not you think it's exaggerated, and why is there this stigma on a fighter being content?
0: It's weird, right? Because we can go through all the cases where guys are content, and they kind of lose their edge, and then I can I can also make a bunch of cases via Floyd Mayweather, you know, Anthony Joshua, a bunch of dudes who you know are con- John Jones, who are content and still absolute monsters. So I, I think the kind of the X factor there is, you know, you get to a certain point where you have, you know, kind of fu money, where you don't really need it, you're just doing it for your legacy. And there's guys like Canelo, there's guys like John Jones, and, there's, and Floyd Mayweather who are doing it to become absolute, the greatest of all time. And those are few and far in between. You know, your point about Connor who, you know, he did, he was pretty, he's always been pretty set, you know, for the past few years. But you know, you you reference uh, Donald Cerrone. My only caveat with that is, you know, that's an older Cerrone. You know, it's not like that was a vintage WC early UFC day Cerrone. So, you know, I think even a non-focused Conor McGregor, being younger, quicker, faster, would get it done. So I didn't learn much about uh, Conor McGregor in that fight. I think people to put too much weight on that fight, right? Because that was his first fight after the Floyd stuff. And he comes back, you know, he had all this long layoff. And they're like, well, he did fight Cerrone, but that was a a cakewalk for him. So I actually think it actually hurt him going into the Dustin Poirier fight. And then we see the Dustin Poirier fight, and Dustin Poirier is in his prime, straight savage, you know, number one lightweight in the world, lost uh, to Khabib, but no shame in that. But outside Khabib, I think he beats anybody. And we saw, you know, a different Conor there. So, uh, and and here's the difference between connor and every other ufc fighter connor's just not rich rich connor is fucking set dude i am talking his kids 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 never have to do shit again so there's a difference between being content and then being you know he could fuck he could buy bellator he could buy one championship you're talking about he could create his buy his own fucking league he showed up on a yacht so i i just for him I you know, I don't know if he has that 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 switch like a Floyd has or that switch like John Jones has, where their legacy and goat stats is everything. For him being a two division champions amazing. For him being regarded as maybe the best one fifty five of all time when he fought Eddie Alvarez, him being the, the face of Ireland, I you know, I feel like he's he's good with that. And then also to make matters worse, if you're a Connor fan, depending on how you look at it, you know, he sold his whiskey you know, and he, the reports are he got 300 million from that. Do you know how much $300 million is? You know how many times you get punched in the face to make $300 million, even as Conor McGregor. So that just adds more to it for him to, dude, maybe just get on that yacht, put on those Gucci loafers and get the fuck out of here. So for sure. and, And then the other point to that is he's fighting a kid in Dustin Poirier who sells fucking hot sauce. You know what I'm saying? He's he's selling hot sauce to, you know, cover some bills. Yeah. So you're fighting a dog, dude. You're fighting a fucking dog.
3: My second question uh, has to do in regards with uh, stare downs or face offs, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. uh, Mike Tyson had this whole uh, part in his documentary. I'm sure you've watched it where he, yes, ta- where he talks about um, the stare down kind of being a make it or break it moment for a fighter. So... I want to ask you as a fighter, like um, how much merit is there to that? And um, I personally think it's bullshit because if you look at Floyd again, like fighters like Floyd before the bell rings, he's like looking at the floor. He's looking up at the ceiling, yep. at the lights and, yep. he, and he whoops them. So as of when you were fighting, like how much uh, energy did you put into that intimidation factor of winning the fight before the fight even started?
0: Yeah. Great question. Uh, I, yeah, I saw that Mike Tyson doc years ago, even when I was fighting, I saw him talking about the, the stare downs and he was like, you know, I want, I want, I never look away. I want my opponent to break first. And yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'll win the fight in, in the weigh-ins. And then I fought, um, I think Ben Rothwell and he just stared at the ground. I was like, Oh, I'm going to fuck this dude. <laughs> up. And then I got knocked out. And then no. I got knocked out. Oh, so man. I, yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't put too much into Wayans ever, yeah, ever, ever. In, unless, you know, there there's you know, remember old school Connor where he'd rile these guys up and they'd be so like, you know, aggressive. I'd be like, ooh, that there's something there. Connor's gotten to him, man. He's really pulled on some strings there, which could make them in the fight get too aggressive. And Connor's such a great counterpuncher he's gonna knock yeah. him out via Aldo, you know. So um I, I think it depends on the guy. Um, but in general, no, it's all bullshit. It's yeah. all bullshit. How like, many guys have we seen stare at the ground or have fucking face makeup on? Or, yeah, you know, like they're, they're what does
3: just... staring into a man's eyes have to do with ha- that you're going to break his will? I feel like breaking the man's will is literally beating the shit out of him like and discourage, discouraging them along the fight, you know?
0: Yeah, I think Mike Tyson was such an animal and such a maniac and so unstable as a person that that was something that he thought of or maybe his coach put into him but there's come on dude what are we talking about you know i'm with you though you for, for the longest we all thought that the, you know he was kind of the the man who did that so all right brother great questions though man good luck with your career your music career man what's up brother great set of hair on you man i'm so jealous thank you so much thank you so much is that kelly clarkson on your shirt hell yeah i'm i'm a kelly clarkson fan myself I celebrate all American Idol winners. She's the OG. She's the OG. Her talk shows, whatever, but um, yeah, she's a beast. Yeah, it's tough. Listen, trust me, I've done a talk show. It's a nightmare. But uh, I love American Idol. Where are you calling in from, man?
4: I'm calling from uh, Sunderland, Massachusetts.
0: Oh, I didn't know there was a Sunderland in Massachusetts. There's a Sunderland in uh, England. Oh, it's tiny? Oh, yeah. Is 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 it cold as shit out there right now?
4: Oh, yeah. It's, like, uh, I think it's, like, 20, but, like, with wind, it's, like, zero or something.
0: That's why you guys, so many great comics come out of Boston, because you guys just have hate in your hearts, because
4: of the weather. I've heard comics say this before, like, because they're all, like, tough, and they can all give each other shit and stuff, and that's because you have to deal with, like, the worst winters of all time.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. I love Boston in the spring and fall, and the summer, but winter you can fucking keep it. What do you got for me, brother? I love that you have a Kelly Clarkson shirt on. It actually made my day. What do you got? For me, I know,
4: I know. You guys were talking about uh, American Idol yesterday, and I had to break this out.
0: Oh, I love it. I celebrate American Idol to the fullest. I cry, I cry every Sunday, dude. I'm I have to. I mid-day.
4: start watching this season. I was watching. I watched oh. half of last. Oh, last year was like a fucking
0: – last year was a nightmare. Where they are they were, like, doing it via Zoom. They are doing it, like, in their backyards and shit. And then some random girl won. Oh, That's what on, I'm saying.
4: Dude. The worst person of all time won.
0: <laughs> it was so weird, man. It was so weird. What do you got for me, though, brother? What's your question, man?
4: It's not if UFC gets more belts. It's about when they get them because – I hope so. Yeah, because there's just those crazy gaps make no sense at all. Yeah. Um, insane but with that do you think there's any sort of attention they put on weight cuts
0: i don't know right because you know anytime a fighter misses weight or they show the video like the fighter kind of passing out on the scale everyone gets all frantic they're like this is a problem what are we gonna do but that's that's the exception for the most part these guys are professionals and everybody makes weight for the most part but there's a few fucking idiots who ate cheeseburgers and decided to cut 30 pounds and they pass out and they expect to change the rules for them. That being said, more belts mean more eyeballs, you know? So if, I think at uh, clearly 165s, you gotta make a belt uh, weight class for that, that would be easy. I would even love a weight class of 225. I think the gap at heavyweight is insane because I'm considered a small heavyweight, I was around 238, 240, fighting guys that cut to 265 uh, Twenty pounds? What are we talking about here? So I would love a one sixty to so start one sixty-five all day, and then especially a cruiserweight at two twenty-five. It just makes sense, though, too, because the the more champions you have, the more markability they are if they become champions, which equals money in the UFC's pocket. I don't know why they don't pull the trigger. I mean, it's pretty much
4: at this point. I know there's competition, and everything, but it's kind of a monopoly, like where we, they have such a huge talent Big time. pool. So, Big like. Time why wouldn't you want to, like, why are we having Sakai Overeem as like pay-per-views when we could have this champion versus this champion?
0: Agree. Yeah. I, I think just as a business model, they'll probably change to it. I, I think the only caveat to that is they don't want to become like boxing where there's, you know, uh, a two, you know, a 147, a 148, a 149.5, a 150, a 152. So you have all these like weight classes, no one takes serious, but just add a few, you know what I'm saying? Just add a few and get these stars popping, man. Yeah,
4: I saw on Rogan. Your boy uh Man was talking about uh he wanted belts for every 5 pounds and I'm like,
0: "Oh, like that's It's <laughs> a bad idea. I want these guys and here's the other thing, maybe the UFC doesn't do it because if a guy becomes champion, they give out more belts, they have to pay that guy more. So, I think if they have to defend the belt 2 or 3 times, then they get pay-per-view points. So, maybe it would take away money from the UFC. I, I'm trying to think why they wouldn't do it. And maybe just as a business model, they're like, well, we're going to have to pay these guys more if we have more champions. But how much money do they need, for God's sakes? Get it done.
4: I mean, realistically, with UFC, they're always like, it seems like 10 years behind on everything. Like any yeah, sort of, there's agree. an issue. Like we just got instant replay.
0: which Insane.
4: <laughs> so when, they're, when Insane. all these people are talking about like, new gloves and all that stuff you're like yeah yeah it's gonna be
0: a (laughs) yeah new gloves yeah right yeah maybe in 10 years you know what I love is there's like we need rule changes we need to figure out judging but then they're like yo check you know when when Bruce Buffer is introducing the fighter look at this 4k camera looks like the video game I'm like I don't give a fuck (laughs) put those resources into the judge these shitty judges man
4: oh yeah man we've been talking about horrible judges for this many years but we're gonna get new gloves too <laughs> it's like can we yeah
0: it? n- nothing's ever getting done i love that every single person talks shit about the judges and nothing as long as i've been alive has ever been done and i love when they announce the judges they're all sal's been watching boxing for the past 40 years i'm like and that makes him a legit <laughs> fucking judge all right it's a shit show man but it's fun it's kind of like a male soap opera
4: yeah, and what what you were saying about – um, you were talking about, like, the weight cuts when everyone's all frantic. I like the reactions when people are like, what? Like, wh- how did that happen? And it's oh, you I know. know days before that you're not making the weight.
0: My favorite is when a guy's about to miss weight, and at some point in their weight-cutting process, the coach is like, dude, you're not going to make it. Let's just fucking forget about it and just go in there healthy. And then they're like, man, how do you come in – 10 pounds heavier it's like because he knew he was gonna miss it days ago and was like i'm, I'm gonna quit killing myself i'm gonna lose whatever three percent of my purse i'd rather just put a better product inside the cage so yeah yeah it, it's a problem it's a problem and it's not though right because now if every card you know three or four guys are missing weight then you then you have an issue but when it's the exception i don't think weight comes a problem I well, really don't.
4: it seems like more people are missing weight. Because I know there was a couple of cards ago where, like, five people missed weight. I know it's, like, a rare thing. But the thing with me is, like, the discrepancy. Like, because you make weight, whatever, and then you balloon back up.
0: It's very old school, the way they're doing it. You know, it's very old school. It's a very old school way of thinking. One championship probably does it a lot better, but... Um, you know, it comes from the wrestling days, you know, cause a lot of these fighters were wrestling wrestlers and, you know, growing up and obviously wrestling cutting weight is a huge advantage for those guys. But man, when you're in your thirties and, you know, late twenties cutting weight, it's like, grow up, dude, just go up a fucking weight class. And for the women too, weight, weight cutting dangerous, man.
4: Well, that's what, um, I think it was one FC does. They don't do the, they do the hydration test
0: now. Which I I prefer, but try explaining that to a casual. The weight cut, cl- you know, the weight cut, and how there's a hydra- hydration test, and depends on your body weight. Like it's a bit of a shit show.
4: I could be wrong, but that ha- they started doing that after that guy died, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, Jeff, uh, do we Jeff have to see a like a UFC
4: yeah. guy die before?
0: <laughs> Hopefully not, brother. Hopefully not, man. Those are great questions, though. You know, it's it's something to think about, dude. Well...
4: Uh, who do you think had like the most like ridiculous, like weight cuts over the years? Do you think Anthony like- Johnson, Anthony Johnson? Oh yeah. Well, he just dude. missed weight all the time, but who do you he think he would like- miss
0: weight all the time, but he would, dude, I, I, he would train in Colorado with us and he was like two thirty. 30 and i am like, when's his fight? They were like in three weeks. I'm like at what weight class? They were like welterweight. I'm like, what the, f- how the fuck's he going to do it? And somehow every now and then he would do it, but it was insane. Those old school guys like Gleason Tabao, Anthony Johnson, like it's nuts, man.
4: Well, he would show up to the weight cuts and you'd be like, I didn't even know there was a muscle there because everything's so, like, there's no fat on him at all.
0: Can't be healthy. He's a juicy monster now, though.
4: Well, it's even like when Till was at 175.
0: It was nuts. And then you look how he's flourishing at middleweight now. So, you know, with science and you, you get the bro science out of it and guys are realizing that they're performing better now, not cutting so much weight, so... Yeah, man. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's not at a prom yet where they got to start changing rules for weight cutting. Let's just focus on the judges, for God's sakes, and the gloves maybe, or knees to down opponents and then start ta- attacking weight classes. But also to your point, too, just fucking make a 165 and a 225 and I'll quit harassing the UFC.
4: I know like Poirier came out and said like, man, I wish we could just fight it or walk around weight. The only reason I like yeah. cutting weight is because everyone does it. So
0: it'd be great if they would. I just don't uh, try explain that to, you know, to a commission or, you know, to to casual, you know, so uh, something to think about, brother. Great questions, man. I appreciate you doing the show, dude.
4: Yeah, no problem. It's I appreciate all We're, your content. I enjoy all of it. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's a lot of content. So thanks for watching, brother.
4: Yeah, no problem. You're looking
0: skinny, man. Oh, trying, dude. It's my birthday. Meet me at. 260 <laughs> not not that skinny you know but skinny for me i just started at, at 272 dude
4: it's a happy i'm way. trying to
0: grow my hair out like you man you look your, your hair is dope
4: i appreciate it Some some days i'm just like man this is a mess and then
0: when i was growing my out, i got really annoyed with it and then i cut it and then i regret it so you stay strong dude
4: well the, the the thing with when i had short hair it's just so much maintenance like with gels pomade, yeah. like whatever i
0: know i know I know, I know, it's a beast. Well, you take care of those long locks and you, you, you make sure that Kelly Clarkson doesn't get ruined in the wash, man. And I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, no problem. What's up, man? Just talking about pizza. Yeah,
5: I hear you, I hear you. So i to say happy birthday, man.
0: Oh, thanks, brother. I, I, I think I'm gonna break the diet and get some pizza. You know what?
5: You should, you didn't cheat on your son's birthday.
0: Where are you calling from, dude?
5: Calm from Toronto. I think the last time you were here was the Maymac press conference.
0: Yeah, that's right, dude. I love Toronto. How are, are you guys opening up there, or Canada's kind of behind? I heard.
5: My wife actually, we had t- tickets to your show on March 26th last year, then Corona hit.
0: Tough, man. Well, wish you the best, brother. What do you got for me, man?
5: I watched your Below the Belt yesterday. I know, I think I know who you're leaning towards the Stipe Francis fight, but if Stipe wins, I mean, if Francis wins, we know John Jones is waiting. Do they do Stipe dirty and just run Jones versus Francis, or do they do they or do they got to do the trilogy?
0: If Francis wins, it's off to the races with John versus Francis, and that sell that fight sells like a mother effer. But uh, I, I would imagine getting the vibe from Stipe if he were to lose. I think he just kind of, you know, sails off to the sunset as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Some think he is the greatest of all time and just, you know, goes, be, does the family man thing and fights fires. But, you know, for the UFC, I would assume if you're a businessman like Dana is, they want uh, Francis to win. Because, dude, imagine the buildup of Francis versus John Jones at heavyweight. It, that, that fight sells itself, dude. That fight's amazing, man.
5: That's what I was thinking to I'm thinking if Stipe loses he's probably done but you never know yep. cuz
0: I thought the same thing about him in DC. If Francis were to win, I I think John would be a slight favorite over Francis because of his wrestling. Even at even though it's his first heavyweight fight, I think, you know, DraftKings and the odd makers would have uh John Jones like a a minus 150, a minus 160 favorite, which he hasn't been that close to even money in a long, long time. So I'm all for it, man. I think John's gonna just destroy it heavyweight. Could be wrong, but I've seen what he've do- I've seen personally what he do- does to other big heavyweights, and he's an absolute monster, man. So, you know, I think the one concern with John fighting at heavyweight, especially a guy against Francis, is you can't really make any mistakes against Francis in the stand-up game. And if he does, that fight's going to be over. I don't care. You know, he's never been knocked unconscious. But if Francis hits you, I don't give a fuck who you are. You're going to go to sleep. So we've, <clears throat> we've seen John of recently in his past few fights at light heavyweight get hit. And I, I don't know if it's, he's just not getting up for the fight and he's not, you know, worried about them. But I assume at heavyweight he knows the repercussions if he takes those hits. So... I'm so curious what John we get at heavyweight. And if he is successful with his grappling, I, I, I just, I don't know who's gonna beat him. I really don't, man.
5: You think he ever goes back down to light heavyweight?
0: I think the only thing that could get him back to light heavyweight, you know, cause he's, put, he's built this armor. And that that's tough weight to lose, man. You know, 205 was tough for him enough. So now that he's put all this armor on and done it the right way and taking the time and he's deadlifting and he's power clean, he's put on some fucking meat, dude. Looks like a monster. But the one caveat there for him to go back to 205 is if Jan keeps winning, like, say, I would say Jan wins four more times and he's just like this reigning champ nobody can beat, I think John would be like, hold up, dude, and would probably lose the weight and go back down to light like heavyweight and beat the shit out of Jan.
5: Would it even be worth it? Because Jan's going to be Pushing 40 if he wins, like, four in a row, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's just kind of uh, like an ego thing. You know, John reigned champion light heavyweight so much. He's going to be, like, hold up, dude. This guy's won four in a row, so what's that? Six title defenses? Hold up. Let me lose this weight. Beat the shit out of him. You know, but it also – I don't know how long John's going to fight it heavyweight. Like, is John just going to – Let's say he beats Francis, then is he taking on, you know, like Derek Lewis or Cyril Gain and these other monsters? I'm so curious how long he wants to keep doing it. Or is he just going to fight Francis? He might fight once a year, you know, and then ride off in the sunset. I don't know how much more John wants to do, but I'm all for it. I'll get my popcorn, take my pay-per-view money. I'll break it down every Monday. I'm I'm all for it, dude.
5: Yeah, man, I can't wait for that. Uh, I got another question. News yesterday. UFC's in the works for Chandler and Gaethje. Yeah. Uh, how do you think that goes?
0: Chandler's a buddy of mine and when he was on Food Truck he was like, dude, they can't get into these like top five guys to take fights against me. They've offered me to everyone, everyone turns me down. And he goes, "Then one, the one fighter that really pisses me off is Gaethje, they offered the fight and he was like, no, that guy needs to do more work, he's new, he just got here, and Chandler's like, bro, when you came in from World Series, you wanted big fights and people gave them to you, and now you want to hate on me because I came from another organization? Like, you were the same as me. So give me the benefit of the doubt and take the fight. I, you know, I, I that's out of all the matchups, I love that matchup. If you are a Chandler fan, I'm, that's a great matchup for Chandler because he's, you know, Chandler's a smart fighter. He has power, you know, and, and Gaethje wants to get in the rock'em, sock'em, make an ugly fight. Chandler's not gonna do that, dude. And also, I would bet money on it, Chandler's gonna be the one guy who actually challenges Justin Gaethje's wrestling. These other guys, for whatever reason, they're like, oh, he has great takedown offense. Let's just place Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Chandler ain't that guy. He's gonna blast double your ass. He's gonna see how good your Northern Colorado you know, credentials are. So I love the fight. If you're a Chandler fan, I, I love the fight. I'm curious what the odds makers are gonna make uh, Chandler and Gaethje.
5: Who do you have in the fight? I don't know, man. Chandler came out blazing. What a debut. Right. But, um, so if they make Connor and Dustin, obviously I don't think that's going to be for an interim. Do they make that for the time for the vacant title? Obviously, because it doesn't look like Khabib's coming back. Khabib looks like he's joining Thick Boy Club.
0: I know, right? And I got to send him some Thick Boy gear and a bike. And, uh... He's, he's getting thick, man, which if he is gone, which it, it sounds like the, you know, Dana sounds like that girlfriend who just won't let you go. Like Khabib's like, dude, I'm done. And then he's like, no, there's still hope. You know, you sent me that text the other night and Khabib's like, yeah, I sent you the text saying I was fucking done. And, and Dana's like, yeah, but you text me. He's like, yeah, I text you to say, I don't want to fight anymore. He's like, yeah, but you never said never. He's like, All right, whatever, dude. But I just think they need to let Khabib go so the division can move on. Poirier and Connor needs to be for interim uh, belt or for the belt just in general, the vacated belt. Even though Connor probably shouldn't be fine for a belt, I don't give a fuck. Have that for the belt. Dustin should be the the throne to the title. And then the winner of Gaethje and Chandler should fight the, the winner of that. Or, you know, you got Charles Oliveira out there, you know, so... At light heavyweight, I'm sorry, lightweight. It's so fun, man. I, I, I just, I just want a clear picture on who's gonna be the title holder.
5: I'm a big Connor guy. Uh, Me too. But, I, yeah, I, you, we're both big on Connor, But let's just say the trilogy goes down with him and Poirier. Man, what does he do next if he loses? I, you think he's done?
0: You know, I, I guess he'll be more equipped to deal with those leg kicks, but. Let's say he does lose that fight, which he would be an underdog in. So if he does lose that fight, um, you know. That will be three one, out of four. The, yeah, it's tough, right? It's a tough sell. But you know what's not a tough sell is him versus Nate Diaz in the trilogy fight. That fight's never going to go anywhere. That fight can always sell pay-per-view. So I would assume if he loses, assuming he loses, he loses to Dustin, he fights Nate, and then that's game, set, match. You got two more fights out of Connor. If he wins... The floodgates open. We got a bunch of fights to make. But if he loses, he has two fights left the the, the poor A and then the Nate Diaz.
5: I got you. And one last thing before I got to let you go. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But T City, end of the month. Are we laying the house on T City?
0: Plus 150. Brother, you, you know, Brian is my boy. I've cornered him before he got to the UFC. Close friend. Henry Gracie's, you know, one of my. Best, best friends, who's his coach. Um, you know, th- this. he looks so good in his last fight, right? He's with a new camp, he, he, you know, his fundamentals are better. Obviously there's nobody more dangerous uh, on the ground in transitions. What I hope though, I pray, and I don't know this, I haven't talked to him, is he doesn't fall in love with his stand up? because I think Volkanovski is so good on the feet and so good with distance and his kicks. He's going to win rounds and get up probably late in the you know three four rounds before Brian realizes he can't win this sparring battle with Volkanovski so what I would like to see and I, I know it's probably not a popular opinion I'd love to see uh, Ortega engage in grappling get under hooks let let Volkanovski push him to the cage pull half guard look for those submissions because you know, if this fight goes decision, Ortega ain't win decision. If Ortega wins, it's it's. I think one through four, he's getting a submission finish. So I'd like him to really go for broke and try and snap this guy's fucking head off, man. I really would. Yeah,
5: man, I'm big on T City. I like. He looked great against Korean. So it's Un- good matchup. You
0: looked unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Great questions, brother. I appreciate you, man.
5: No problem, man. Just one last thing. uh I know. You never got a lot of media attention, but as a father, I'm a father of two girls. Yo. Oh, wow. Much respect for what you did for Ray Borg and his son and my Mm -hmm. wife. My wife is a huge fan, but she had to be at work today. You got to shout out my wife, Jen. She's a huge fan. She watches you all the time with me every Monday
0: night. Oh, I love it, man. I can't thank you enough for the support, man. I I keep saying this. This this is my favorite show to do out of the 9,000 shows I do because... I don't really get to talk to people. When I'm on the road, they don't let us like do meet and greets anymore. So I don't get to engage with anyone. So I don't know, man, you know, some days I wake up, I'm like, God, no one's watching my shit or I don't think people like my content. You know, I don't know. I have no clue, you know? So uh, this, I love doing the show, man. I can't thank you and your wife enough and take care of those little girls, man. You got an important job, my man.
5: It's awesome, man. But one thing I was disappointed, your, your latest son's birthday. Where was Spider-Man? How didn't you hire Spider-Man again?
0: Dude, you, we, we've had enough. Finding Spider-Man in COVID <laughs> is a beast. And that last Spider-Man ruined my kid. He doesn't even like Spider-Man anymore. We got this Calabasas Steve Irwin, though. He's pretty dope. <laughs> okay.
5: That's awesome, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, brother. Thanks, appreciate Brandon, it, man. Appreciate Thank you. you so much. Yeah, take care, brother. All right, guys, that's it for episode three of What's Up With Your Thick Boy here. You guys make the show. It's my absolutely favorite show to do. You've heard me say it a million times. Your questions blow me away. And, uh, yeah, I just love doing it. So if you want to be featured on the show, all you got to do is send your video, send your submission to btbsubmissions at malcolmmedia.com, and you can have a chance to chat with your friend here. That's it, man. Episode three. Enjoy.